You're listening to Geeks Unleashed, a podcast that covers what's current in the world of pop culture. I'm Mark Brassington, and I'm in London. And I'm Jasmine in Texas. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed, this is episode 94, and oh, it's obviously, obviously, <laughs> I am Mark. Well, I've got quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> Where were you going with that? I want to say, of course, but it's like, why, why is it of course? Like... Why is it, of course? Somebody may never have listened to this episode before. Like, well, yeah, or our yeah. show before our shows. It's not yeah. of course. So, of course. Welcome back. You know, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. just throw it in there. So he's Mark. No, he's Mark. There we go. That way. Yeah, and I'm, I'm Jasmine. <laughs> like. Of course. <laughs> of course you're Jasmine. <laughs> I suppose, actually, in our intro, it does say our names. Like, you know, there's, it's a man and a woman. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyway. New episodes. Every Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. We're fancy right. midweek episodes now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We record earlier. We drop this week. We don't drop. We don't record that much earlier. We've kind of we've shifted it's, when we record. Yeah, actually, I like I like this timing better for me, honestly. Well, the Sunday. Yeah. Um, and also this one's a bit of a pre-record, but yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, anyway, it's all good. Go on. Go on <laughs> So before we get started, if you are watching on YouTube, thank you so much. And we would really appreciate it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel. Um, if you are just listening on your favorite podcast platform, that is all right as well. Uh, we would also appreciate it if you would leave us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Podchaser. Uh, and for this week's episode, we are carrying on with our theme and we're going to be reviewing the third Harry Potter movie. And we're working our way through everything Harry Potter related on yep. the way to our grandstand 100th episode. Yes. Wow. 100. Man. 100. Fun fact, though, by the time we get to our 100th episode, I will have lost 100 pounds. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I'm hoping, you know, I really need to crack on. I've kind of hit a bit of a sort of a stagnated like, yeah since come October. on man we're supposed to be doing like geeks on these fitness stuff oh no no since october i've lost like three stone and now i've like plateaued like i just <laughs> seem to be staying still i've gone from 17 stone to 14 stone I've that's no impressive idea though don't discount I don't what, it i don't know what stone is in pounds i think it's like, 14 pounds 14 pounds per stone okay yeah. all right so um but what i would like to do is there's another 40 well actually i'd like to lose another 24 pounds to be honest so i'd like to go down to 12 stone i don't know if that's realistic but i would at least like to lose a stone like mm. another stone i would like to get down to 13 uh, i'd like to tone up a bit it's still a bit flabby but like i can see i've lost weight like photos and stuff but I just... oh yeah you know what i was actually going back and look at some of the, looking at some of the first videos that we uploaded and i can usually like it's a hard for you as your individual self to see like when you have lost weight because you <laughs> see yourself every day yeah. um so i was going back and looking at those first videos that we posted and i can definitely see the difference now for both what, of us it, oh okay i, I haven't yeah. actually looked at the old ones yeah uh, okay no i can see it with you as well like i can see you've done your hair too differently well yes because you know today is a work day so <laughs> mm -hmm. i have to actually pretend to be presentable when i go to work Sometimes. Okay, shirt and tie and all that. <laughs> um, anyway, let's jump into our news. So we're going to do one piece of news, two trailers, and because yeah. um, this is a slight pre-record, just a little caveat. Um, we might be a little behind on the news by the well, time this no, drops. No. But uh, hold on a second. So this episode will drop on the fifteenth of June. So if anything changes, uh, 
We apologise. Anyway, <laughs> so as it stands, as it stands, Nev Campbell will not be returning for Scream Six. Apparently, um, she doesn't feel that the salary that's offered to her um, kind of is right, considering what she's brought to the franchise. Like, so I her name, agree. yeah, yeah. I mean, she she is the the big name attached to Scream. She is the face of the franchise. Yeah. Pay her what she wants. Like, yeah. Why is this even a question? I know, I know. It's like, look, you know, I want X. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll pay you what you want, and then we'll figure out how much budget we have left and who else we can cast with that budget. Yeah. That's how you do that. I mean, let's be honest. They're fairly cheap movies to make, and they're normally made within about two or three weeks. They're not CGI yeah. heavy. They're not yeah. really. Plus, massive. you killed off David Arquette, so that's one less name that you got to worry about. Yeah. yeah, and the rest no. of the cast, other than Courtney, is not exactly massive. Yeah. I know they're going to bring um, Hayden uh, back, Hayden yeah, Pantier. Yeah, I still can't imagine she pulls in the same level of salary as as Neville Courtney. Like, um, she's. I just think that's like silly. You, this franchise has been going on for what, like, twenty years at this point. Like, why would you do that? That makes that's like saying like, oh, uh, we're going to make a Terminator and we're only going to offer Arnold this much. And like, come on, he he is the franchise. You can't. You can't not give him whatever he's asking for. There is one film that didn't have Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. I think it was the fourth Terminator. Um, but yeah. I think they had, had him as a tiny CGI role or something like that. No, he, uh, he's no, in, he was in the all of them. He, <clears throat> no, there was one. I think it was the one with Christian Oh, he wasn't Bale. in Salvation. Yeah, Christian Bale. Uh, no, I think he was. He, well, he, it it was, was a tiny his character part. was, but it was all CGI. But Yeah, yeah, it wasn't actually him. I think because yeah. he was the governor. I think he couldn't really act. So I think he gave like a license to use his appearance or something. I don't something know. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe it wouldn't look too good for the uh, <laughs> the governor of Los Angeles. Is it Los Angeles? No, of, Cal- of California. California. Yeah, sorry, California. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm not as. Well, because uh, he came back uh, for the one with Emma. No, not Emma. Emilia Clark. Hmm. I can't remember the name of that one. And oh, then he was also one. in the last one with uh, when, oh. when actual Sarah Connor came back. I know we've deviated here, but they just shouldn't have made any more beyond two. Right? So, well, yes. um, <laughs> uh, anyway, basically, long story short, let's be honest. Nev Pay Nev Campbell what she wants. She is the face of the franchise. How do you have Scream at this point without Sydney Prescott? Honestly, I do know. What, I'm even happy if they make another Scream and Nev, Nev is it still like because she was in the last Scream, she had a reduced role. Mm-hmm. I'd be happy if it was still reduced. I'm happy yeah. with it reduced, yeah. like you know, like a bit like Star Wars, where the, the original cast kind of took a back seat, but she still needs to be in it. Like, yes. you know, like I, I love the last Scream when she came back with Courtney, and yeah, because you, know, you can't have that whole well, right? Because she Sid- came back Sydney. as like this seasoned badass, and she was like, No, look, new girl, I got this, okay. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, I loved all of that. Like, yeah. Just, and um, and I love the fact that there was like two bad guys and her and Courtney took down one and the yeah. new girl took down the other. Yeah. And that's how I thought it was going to go down anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, it's great. So, um, anyway, let's do some trailer reactions. All right. So this is the Netflix Resident Evil trailer, which I have not seen. No, we've not neither. I've not seen it. It's sort of tiny little bit, but that was it. So we're going to, all right, sharing the sound. We're going to take a look at this and see how it goes. They said the world would end in 2036. But they were wrong. The world ended a long time ago. 
Oh, trailer. Dramatic voiceover. Umbrella. Oh, yeah. A company besieged by scandal is now trying to reinvent itself. It's looking a lot less stupid than the originals. Well, hold Umbrella. Give it some time. <laughs> the things we're working on today, they're going to change the world. Where is Is that a giant caterpillar? Yeah, yeah, something. The drug contains the T virus. The T virus can make oh, monsters. Billions will die. Everyone keep your mouth shut. Oh, gross. Gross spiders. This makes me feel uncomfortable. Cool. Okay, chainsaw. I can get behind the chainsaw. Do not resist. Marriage is complicated. Not a fan of zombie animals. <coughs> yeah, yeah, that's a no for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a uh, I'm I'm gonna sit that one out. I do love Lance Reddick, um, but no, that's a hell no. I'm not watching that. Like that, no. that looks absolutely like. Um, is it? Oh, it's a it's a TV series, by the way. Like, yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. I, I. I was gonna say just before. Uh, let's check if I actually see. So yeah, it's definitely an eighteen. Uh, <laughs> uh it's not yeah. gonna be um for children. No, I don't it's know eight, why eight, though. Okay. Like the zombie animals to me are so much more creepy than actual people zombies. It's eight episodes, by the way. I mean, that seems so, like a good number for something so horror-tastic. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not, it's going to be something I'd have to watch in the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you got plenty of daylight behind you when you, when you watch it, for sure. Because otherwise yeah. you watch it at night and you hear a sound, you're like, what was that? I am not keen on, I don't know. So I think the original Resident Evil films, like whilst there's jump moments, I got through all of them fine. They were more humorous type. I think crap. the first film the first one was, was good. the scariest. The, the rest of them good. are just kind of like, okay, you're just doing this for the jump scares at this point. Um, oh, it was like the, but the dogs, the dogs, I think that was the third one. The dogs are really creepy in that one, I think. I don't even really remember the films now, but I do remember the first film being very on par with the first game. I, and then the games. I played number two like i i literally super completed number two because you could play it as leon or claire and oh. then if you complete it as both and then you get there's an option of a third character that has a not the whole game but sort of a separate part of the game mm -hmm. and I, I played that um and then 
I'll be honest, I never play. I play bits of the others. I played bits of the first one. Yeah. I couldn't really get around the idea of going around the mansion. That just seemed way too scary. And also, because it was older, all the loading scenes of the creepy doors opening, like, and you just didn't, like, you had to wait, wait, wait for the door to open and load. No. And then you just didn't know if on the other side what the hell was going to get you. Yeah. Um, uh, I can't play. Because I, I tried to play Dead Space because Dead, Sp- Dead Space is a lot like that. And I just cannot play those games. Like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Right. And, and I, play, I think I played a bit of Resident Evil 3, which was very similar to 2. Um, and I played a bit of Code Veronica as well. Um, Code Veronica was quite cool, actually. Like, I liked Code Veronica, but I think it was as I was getting a bit older and I started to lose interest in gaming and started going out. I think I was like over 18. It was like, yes, I can drink now. <laughs> and uh, just for anyone listening, in America, you guys get to drink at 21. We get to yeah, drink at 18. We get to, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Legally get to. Legally. Um, <laughs> yeah, I legally got to drink at 18. Must so, be nice. Uh, Must be nice. Uh, well, you guys didn't drive before us. So. Oh, you really? Can, you, oh, yeah, yeah. You can drive at 16, can't you? Yeah. Well, I yeah. think so. It's been so long since I got my license. Yeah, 17 <laughs> over. 17 over. Okay. I mean, also, you guys get to own guns. That works out. Don't get me started, Mark. Oh, uh, literally, like, well, oh, actually, we should. Actually, I'm not. Start. No, we're not going there. All right, no. we're, all right. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this next one. Which I is... literally was about to go political rant. No, 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 no. Uh, I stopped. No, I stopped. I stopped. All right. Same yeah. Now this one I'm interested in. So this is the first time I'm looking at this trailer too. So. Oh no, I'm interested in this. All right, here we go. Sandman on Netflix. Also. I'm the king of dreams, ruler of the nightmare realm. What are you doing here, Etty? He's coming, isn't he? I've yeah. Morpheus, the Aneeromancer. You know the Sandman. He's a fairy story, Etty. He's no fairy story. He's back. Good to know. They are not as you left them. With you gone, the realm began to decay and crumble. The dreams and nightmares no longer <coughs> recognize their monster. We will remind them. He's free. He's out of his cage. That's creepy. Yeah. All right. That one looks interesting. Have you ever read yeah. Sandman? No, never. It's, it's, you've not it, yeah, it's on our list for uh, the late to the party book club. Well, yeah, which we need, which we need to discuss, <laughs> which we need to discuss on bringing back, like uh, at some point. Yeah, uh, might be in a month or two. Or yeah, something. Well, well, don't uh, worry, we haven't forgotten. Yeah, we'll, yeah we'll no, get no. Back. Late to the party, we'll return. We yeah. just. I feel like this. you just did a Marvel thing there. What? Like at the end of all the Marvel films, Spider-Man will return. Captain America like, will yeah, return. Yeah, yeah. Late well, to the party have- will return. We had to bring back the main podcast first. Yeah. Uh, uh, Give us Lakes time, guys. We're working our, we're easing our way in. Later to the party, we'll come back. We've had an idea. We might change it slightly. Um, yeah. 
the, the format or something. I won't say the thing about much, podcasts, right? they're always evolving, right? So we're we're evolving. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Sandman, Sandman. Yeah. Uh, that trailer looks really good. Like really, really high poly. So the girl um, talking, young girl, that was Jenna Coleman, who I was referring to before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's an English actress. She was in Doctor Who. Um, I think like two or three seasons of Doctor Who. And she played Victoria in the ITV um, show, which I think you guys have in BBC America, I think. I, um, I've not seen Victoria. Um, but yeah, so she's a really good actress. So, so when I saw that she was playing Constantine's wife, I was like, oh, cool. She's a, she's a really good actress. So I think she'll do well. Um, so the, is Constantine in here too? I don't think so. Okay. Do you have a so. Constantine preference as to who you like as Constantine? I mean, like Keanu Reeves or the other guy Matt from Ryan. the show. Oh, that's it, Matt Ryan. I'm. I like Matt Ryan. I think he's actually done really well. Like, yeah. and do you know what I loved is that the fan support of it was so high. They brought him back into Green Arrow and uh, or Arrow, Legends. Sorry, and Legends. Now yeah. I haven't. I'm so far behind on Legends, but he, him coming into Legends really like piqued my interest in that mm-hmm. show a bit more. Because I'll be honest, Legends really went down. You know, it's garbage world pretty quickly, and. Um, but him coming in like really sort of made me more interested in the show like kind of kept me coming back a little bit he kind of had I think he kind of was a bit toned down from NBC um I did what one thing I was a bit annoyed about was his show was really up in it was kind of in on a cliffhanger and they never addressed anything from his show when they brought brought him back really yeah I wonder if that's because NBC was being dicks about it and they just wouldn't give up their content yeah, maybe. Like, so they they just took the character. Uh, yeah. yeah, I assume that the CW could take the character because well, because it, yeah, DC, it's a DC character. Yeah, but they just now when take. the show first premiered, I believe it was 2014. But whatever year it was, that was the year that I went to New York Comic Con on behalf of Geeks Unleashed, and I got to interview Matt Ryan at a at a press table, um, and he is really funny in person, and he really you could tell like he really enjoyed playing that character um because he like indulged everybody at the table whenever they'd ask any kind of silly question or even like obscure questions because i asked him something about in the comics constantine has this band and Mm. so i asked him if if that was going to be making an appearance in the tv show and he went just like on this whole tangent about the band and this that the other so it was it was just really fun to see like his enthusiasm for the role i'd personally be happy if they brought him in but i wouldn't have they won't bring him in they, they, I can't, you know, if they bring Constantine in and be a brand new actor, they won't do yeah. it. I mean, I but, think he fit the character because he is, you know, much closer to the original character than Keanu Reeves was, but I freaking love that Keanu Reeves. Constantine. Also, like, Matt Ryan shouldn't constantly take Constantine roles. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I mean, it's great that he came back for Legends. Don't get me wrong, I think that was brilliant. Yeah. But if they were to offer it to him for this, I think he should say, it, that. Yeah, it has to be like, somebody else. Yeah, like I think he should also go and find some other work because he'll get a bit stuck. Like, he would be great, he'd be great, and I'm sure. And I, I know that everybody would bloody love seeing him in it. Yeah, but don't but fall I, into that CW trap where you end up playing the same character, <coughs> Sam and Dean, uh, for 20 some odd years. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they will live handsomely for the rest of their lives. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. That's kind of our news coming yeah. off there. Uh, uh, 
a silly question, but if you had to pick one, Resident Evil or Sandman, which one would you watch? Uh, Sandman. Yeah, me too. Uh, Sandman's 11 episodes, um, slightly okay. longer. All so, right. Uh, one thing I didn't realise was um, uh, Neil Gaiman, obviously, is the creator of mm-hmm. Sandman and all that. But he just doesn't own the rights, which I didn't realise. It belongs to DC. Uh, yeah, but he still had to give his yeah they, they okay. had a yeah DC was it. actually really nice with him about it yeah because ha- this ha- is the first time that he actually gave his okay on an adaptation he's turned down every other adaptation that was brought before him up so, until D- this D- one. so DC could have just said no like years ago and just done an adaptation but they have had Neil Gaiman like a really strong relationship with Neil Gaiman where they've mm-hmm. allowed him to you know give the thumbs up on an adaptation, an adaptation of his content. Yeah. Um, but they could have just said no, we're doing it. Like, but actually, I mean, I thought, yeah, they could have. But I thought it was good that they hadn't done that. That they yeah. worked with him. So. Yeah. Well, I think um, like it. I guess because it's such an iconic book, right? Like you don't want to mess this up. I mean, that would have been like Warner Brothers taking Harry Potter and being like, we don't give a shit what J.K. Rowling says. Like, we're gonna do what we want to do. Um, and they <laughs> did not do that. No. So I it that's why I am intrigued because Gaiman himself has said that this was the first time he actually looked at the treatment for an adaptation and thought yes this gets it so I'll give Sandman a try in mm-hmm. August. Yeah, I am looking forward to it. So anyway, um, <laughs> there's not too much of a gap between our last recording and this one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you have you watched or read anything recently? Uh, so I have, I do have a Sunday night series that I watch. It is, um, it is a Thai BL series called Ken Porsche. Um, it is ridiculous over the top fun and I get such a kick out of it. And it's like such fangirly content that I usually end up popping on Twitter and like, I'm part of this group chat and all of us just like geek out about what happened in the episode. Um, but it's basically like about these Thai gangsters that just kind of run amok in Bangkok. But it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. Um, I um, have watched a movie since then. Uh, <laughs> since, I love it. Since, since like, you know, uh, tonight, actually. Because um, I'm going to go on Rocket Robbie's um, movie review show, which he has every Monday, which is uh, 2 a.m. for me on the 7th of June. And it's uh, 8 p.m. Hope you Central. got some caffeine, man. They're going to keep you up. Uh, he's actually already said he's going to a short show. I, think. I, <laughs> I assume he's been kind because I'm coming on. He's like, he's not going to do. You know how he does the review and then he does like the, the back chat afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. not doing that this episode, which was a shame because I threatened to bring my Hoover out and show it to him. Oh uh, my <laughs> god! Okay, for those of you that have no idea, obviously you don't have any idea. So me and Mark and Robbie did an episode of of Geeks Unleashed a while ago, and for whatever reason, there was a vacuum cleaner in the background behind mark and it looked like an, a pink elephant and i was like what is that behind you and he was like oh it's a hoover and i was like it's a vacuum cleaner but it like it, it's it has a name it's called the henry and it has a <laughs> face painted on it and they come in all these different colors and i'm like mark what is what is what is the deal with you brits like why is that a thing like why does your vacuum cleaner need to have faces painted on it and why does it have human names i'm very confused i don't understand and so now, whenever Mark gets a new vacuum cleaner, he texts me and Robbie. Them I like them regularly. <laughs> they get them regularly. Like, um, I, I, but I, I did get one recently. Like, <laughs> oh, 
So they're really good hoovers. The last one lasted oh like 12, 12, we had it like 12 years. Like the Henry lasted like 12. Actually, that actually that one, the pink one was a Hetty. Um oh, so, okay, excuse me, not a Henry. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I have got Henry now. And, uh, <laughs> so I've got a green Henry. It's called a Henry pet. Like it's meant to be really good for picking up pet hairs. All right, uh, for Cooper. So, yeah, for Cooper. Yeah. So yeah, I, I didn't realize this was only a British thing. It might be other countries too, but there is a brand of Hoover called a Henry. Um, uh, we do are, not are, have that here. I can they are you. well loved. We have other Hoovers too that do not have faces, just so you know. Like, no, well, I just didn't I didn't know that. I assume that the only one you have is yeah, the, no, the thing that you showed me. <laughs> the only one the British people have is the Henry, right? Oh my god, okay. You're gonna have to post that on Instagram so people can see what we're talking about. Yeah, okay, sure. Uh basically, anyway, I was just <laughs> joking. So there's no back Anyway, come back to Gross Point Blank. Right, okay. So I've watched Gross Point Blank for came out in 1997, which is the year I left senior school. I was age 16. Um I seems familiar like i've got mm. this feeling i might have watched it but i don't like there was parts of the scenes when i was going um i don't really want to go into it too much because i'm going to go on robbie's channel and you can go and watch my full thoughts on it um because by the time this episode comes out i would have done a review um overall i did not enjoy this movie uh it was okay. that is a movie for john cusack fans right. I, yeah, feel. It, I feel like it probably had a lot of nostalgia attached to it for people that loved the movie in 1997 and 98 yeah. 99 <laughs> 2000 around that time it's very 90s now yeah. there's a little bit now obviously as a man of the 90s who you know uh you know i was a man of the 90s you say that like you're a man about town like yeah, yeah no, no no i feel like i was born in the 80s so i kind of sort of started to grow up in the 90s and yeah. early 2000s that's kind of what obviously started to shape me i'm still growing up now i'm still a little boy um uh like, but anyway like one of the things i quite liked as i was watching it every now and again i'd shout something out like when they went to mini driver's um radio station she had all tapes everywhere and playing on record players i thought that was cool mm-hmm. in the supermarket um they had an arcade machine with doom 2 which i thought was pretty cool uh the soundtrack's pretty good they have live and let die with guns and roses so there's a lot of little callbacks for me like from that era and mm-hmm. i was like so I, that, that was quite cool to me as that was kind of my growing up time yeah um but was that like the only relatable bit to you was all the background stuff so like it's obviously like a hitman comedy yeah but i just didn't think i didn't think it was funny yeah it it's a very specific type of humor it. like yeah. it, it, i i don't know i just found i was just more bored mm-hmm. like and I don't know, it just didn't, I just don't think Minnie Driver and John Cusack are particularly strong actors either. Like, I'm trying to, I'm pretty sure there was a John Cusack film I saw years ago at a motel. Um, at a motel? Yeah, like, I want to say it was at a motel, and, oh, I wish I could remember the film. Oh, it's annoying. My favourite film that he's in is Con Air. Oh, well, yeah, like, come here, but that's not, because, that's, not, that's not because of him. That's not because of him. Though. I mean, he plays a big part, though. Yeah, okay. I'll just let you There's a film called, um, called Identity of John Cusack. Oh, my uh, God. Identity is so good. With Ray Liotta. Um, By the way, Ray Liotta died a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, like, uh, Rebecca De Mornay is in it. Um, Scott Kahn. Uh, oh, Alfred Molina is in it. 
There's a lot of people in Identity. Yeah, it's a huge thing. So what it was cool was if you've not watched Identity, you should go watch it come out 2003. And there's a huge twist. Yes. Like, if you've not seen it, it's a really clever twist, actually. Like, yeah. not often can you pull off a twist like this. So I right. thought that was cool. So that was a good John Cusack film. Yeah. Um, and actually, yeah, so he was like the lead in that. That That's probably the most standout. That, that Connor, yeah, like, were good good films uh, well i mean if you were a child of the 80s say anything is probably his biggest 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 claim to fame i've never seen it see you should be sure <coughs> to mention that to robbie <laughs> what, what so he can bring me back and make me watch yes boring, boring films <laughs> like, so i was looking up my lineup with robbie i'm going back in july to do all the lethal weapons and then back in august to do all the teenage mutant turtles so. well aren't you fancy Oh, well, not really. You can come too. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, I think we'll leave it there for what we've been watching and reading. And uh, I haven't had time to read anything since we last spoke. So yep. we should jump into, as you always say, the meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban from 2004. This is the so they third. Skipped a year. They skipped a year. Yeah, um, because they filmed the first two back to back. And this one, there was a break, uh, probably because they had to go and get a whole new director. Uh, so for the first time, we <coughs> are introduced to the directing style of Alfonso Cuaron for uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Same screenplay writer, Steve Cloves, and obviously it is based on the book of the same title by J.K. Rowling. So I'll do the first two and a half lines. And we can do the first. Uh, like, uh, anyway, so Daniel Radcliffe, uh, is Harry Potter. Rupert Grint is Ron Weasley. Emma Watson is Hermione Granger. Uh, Michael Gabon uh, obviously makes his um, first appearance as Elvis Dumbledore. Megan mm-hmm. Smith as Professor McGonagall. Robbie Coltrane as Hagrid. Tom Felton as Traco Malfoy. Alan Rickman is... Oh, sorry, I'll carry it on. I'll just carry on. Uh, Alan Rickman as Professor Snape. Um, I don't know how you said it. David, David Dewis. Yeah, as Professor Lupin, who is brand new. Uh, Timothy Supple as Scabbers. Uh, Scabbers slash Peter uh, Pettigrew. Uh, Emma Thompson is playing the really crazy Professor Trelawney. Yeah, there you go. Come on, man. Come on, man. You were supposed to do really well with the British names. Sorry. (laughs) I have not heard of anyone with that name before. Um, So... (laughs) Anyway, I'll say the budget. Budget 130 million US dollars. And Which what did is they make? the most expensive one so far. So far. Yeah. Uh, this one, however, is the lowest earning one of the first three. It only made only 797 million dollars. Only. I mean, <laughs> I'd be happy with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Warner Brothers were disappointed, like, but it's still a good turnaround. Yeah, but... well, I'm very interested as our series continues to see how the rest of the films stack up. Like, do we ever get back above a billion? Like the first film? You'll have to stick I'm around and find out. I'm sure they still continue to make money, though. Like, oh, of, course. Just, of course. They don't just make money through the actual movies. Got, well, yeah, it's know, the merchandise. And they have theme parks. Merchandise, the theme <clears> parks. <throat> mm-hmm. They've got the studios up the road for me. Um, which me and me and um, my wife were saying we've got to. We've been saying it for like the last five years. Okay, yeah, got you got to, go. to, but you can't book after Thanksgiving. You have to book like now. I know that's what we've been saying. Like, yeah, 
because we every year we get to like Christmas time, we're like, oh, go, go, because I really want to go Christmas, but like December gets so booked up, like, yeah. So, I think we, I think we're going to try and book it up. Like, what would be awesome is to go like Christmas Eve and go to the Harry yeah. Potter studios, so, that'll be so fun because they basically <clears throat> put Christmas tree up and decorations and stuff like that, yeah. Um, yeah, so I really want to go to the Harry Potter studios. I've been to Harry Potter at Universal Studios, um, but I don't think I really. I feel like I missed a lot. So I went on the train um, and I did explore around there a little bit, mm-hmm. but I was quite knackered at that point. I've been, and it was a really, really hot day. Um, <laughs> so, and we went on some rides, some uh, roller coaster, which really knocked me out. Like I'm not very good at roller coasters. Oh, uh, roller but, coasters. No, I'll go on them, but they like afterward, my bicep felt like really sick afterwards. <laughs> and, like, and uh so it kind of knocked me out but anyway um right yeah all right so, give us a two sentence summary summary of the movie it's the usual nonsense like they start <laughs> at the dudleys and uh the dursleys sorry i always say the dudleys the dursleys they go off to um you know they eventually make school basically um and there's the mystery of, of what's going on i would say for me there wasn't like one overall there wasn't a big villain to me this movie mm-hmm. it was kind of more the mystery yeah. and this was definitely a setup movie oh um, but, yeah but it was a really but but the difference between this movie and the last movie i think it was a much stronger setup movie yes and there, and again there was a lot of we'll talk about this later there was a lot of mystery to be honest it was a very mysterious movie mm-hmm. i would say there's a lot <clears throat> more um plots and mysteries that all kind of pay off at the end. Yes. So there's mysteries with Hermione, there's mysteries with um, uh, Harry, and mm-hmm. we get to find out more about his own background with his family, mm-hmm. and also the, you know, around what led up to his parents' death, and there's a big thing around that. Um, and we get to get, also get to get more into the, like, the supernatural elements of Harry Potter. So although we cover magic a lot, we get um, deeper into the fantasy part of mm-hmm. the Harry Potter world all pays off in quite a big confrontation at the end yeah and actually we get to see really just how much like Dumbledore is a Harry Potter fan himself yeah uh, so he is the biggest Harry Potter fanboy yeah, yeah. and uh it sort of all leads into you know big cliffhanger uh, not cliffhanger big sort of confrontation at the end mm-hmm. and I will sort of dive into I'm trying not to give stuff away as I'm going here uh, and yeah, and then it ends with actually quite a nice little moment with Harry jumping on a broom, and uh, it always ends with a nice little bow on it until we get to yeah. the last few movies. So yeah. um, that's kind of it, really. I don't want to. I feel like to, to add any more into that summary, I'd just be talking about the movie. Yeah, so. we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. So all right, a little bit of trivia for Harry Potter three. So a solemn note: uh, previous Albus Dumbledore, Richard Harris, was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is cancer um when they finished filming the second movie however he was set on continuing to play albus dumbledore and he begged not them not to recast the role this is him he was begging them not to recast the role while he was in the hospital for cancer treatments and obviously he did not make it he did pass right after they began filming this movie um and then of course the role had to be recast originally they approached ian mckellen however (laughs) ian mckellen was busy 
being Gandalf. And he was like, no, nah, I can't be two people. Like, I, it's already hard enough for me to be like this iconic wizard. Like, I can't go and be another wizard in another world. Also, apparently, Richard Harris and Ian McKellen had a beef because Richard Harris said that Ian McKellen was a dreadful, dreadful actor. Um, and so Ian McKellen was like, yeah, no, I'm good. Like, I'm not going to take this role. And that is how we eventually wound up with Michael Gambon playing Albus Dumbledore, who, by the way, I thought was an excellent replacement. Oh, yeah. um, and yeah. I also loved that. Now, it doesn't always work, but like, I love how they replaced Dumbledore and never, ever, ever mentioned it, talked about it, touched on it. Like, it was not a thing. It was yeah. like, they just slid him into that role and he, he played it so well, though. I think if it hadn't been him carrying the role the way that he did it it would not have worked if someone else had just been like phoning it in so i'm really really glad because i think that he is an excellent albus dumbledore and actually i think he might be my favorite dumbledore i know i said the same thing like yeah i prefer him yeah i think it's just not... because he's not as old like they age him up obviously to play dumbledore but because he's he wasn't as old as richard harris i think he just had a lot more energy like yeah, in, more energy. in the role of Dumbledore yeah he had a lot more presence I think yeah like, yeah I, I yeah no I definitely because he actually it. had like the booming voice and he you could see like if he got angry or I mean he just had a little bit more personality than than Richard Harris did um but again you know age and all of those things so uh another thing <laughs> this this one cracks me up um the so this was like a big thing in in the books the kids wear their all of their magical garb like mm -hmm. all the time when they are in school and when they are doing school events they don't wear street clothes um so one of the things that the director alfonso Cuan wanted to change like when he first took on this role as director he was like i want these kids to be able to show their personalities so that is why we have so much of them in outside of their robes and even when they are in their robes like they're not always neat and tidy like kids are walking around with no ties or with their mm. shirts untucked um but it was his influence the director's influence that, because again he wanted these kids to look like individuals as they were filming versus everybody looking like a cookie cutter student so i thought that was kind of an interesting interesting yeah, way to influence well. your film yeah yeah i did notice that like um it's a big, like, big change from the book. Hermione, Hermione with the hoodie. And I think mm -hmm. uh, Harry Potter had like a zip up. Uh, didn't have a hood, but had a zip up uh, jacket thing. And yeah. I, that actually sort of jumped out to me as I was watching it. Just thought it seems like, I thought it was nice. It was more casual, especially as they're growing up. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense for, for those kinds of things. But um, yeah, it was a really, really big deviation from the books. Because like I said, in the books, they are always in their garbs and robes um, when, it, when they're in Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. And... So I thought this was an interesting bit with, I mean, Hagrid, he's, you know, the animal keeper. Um, and like, there's a scene where <coughs> right when they're over by Hagrid's hut, like all of these bats come out of nowhere. Um, they actually use real bats to film those sequences. <laughs> Apparently the bats peed all the time. So oh, it was yeah. always like, trouble when they were filming with the bats because you were guaranteed to get peed on by a bat when they were filming these scenes. Um, apparently they were also hard to train, but these bats loved bananas. 
So that is how the animal wranglers on set kept the bats in check was bananas. But it must have sucked to like have a 12 hour filming sequence and be consistently peed on <laughs> by bats. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. Um, and then another thing, which again, this is like inputting information that they did that was in the books, but is not actually like said out loud in the film. But when Harry gets to the leaky cauldron, um, he sees a picture of Ron and the Weasleys in Egypt. And the backstory behind that newspaper piece is that is the reason why <clears throat> Sirius Black escaped from Azkaban because he saw that same newspaper and he recognized Peter Pettigrew in the Weasley family portrait. And so then he realized that Peter Pettigrew was still alive and that is why he escaped and went to Hogwarts because he was looking for that rat the whole time so that he could kill him, which I thought was super interesting. And it's like, that would have been a really interesting, like, I wish they could have worked that into the film somehow, because like, if you have not read the book that you would never have known that that was the connection to why Sirius went to Hogwarts. I thought it was a good twist about the rat. We'll talk about that in a minute, but... Um... So yeah, to summarize your thoughts on the third movie, Jasmine. It's my favorite, honestly. It uh, It is where shit gets real. Like it is much darker than the first two. And it really kind of sets the tone for the rest of the series going forward. Um, everybody has finally, it's like everybody's kind of come into their own personality. Like all of their personalities have been solidified at this point, all of the kids. And it's, really interesting to see the dynamics play out. Um, I, yeah, I just, I love that it's a bit darker. I, and I really liked um, Professor Lupin. He, he was probably one of my favorite new characters that was introduced mm. um, just because he, he talked to the kids not in a condescending manner. Like he, he actually just like had conversations with these kids and probably one of my favorite scenes with Lupin is when he's introducing them to the Boggart and Neville is first up. <laughs> Neville is like terrified of Professor Snape, but he's also terrified of his grandmother. And so Lupin just kind of like whispers in Neville's ear. He's like, all right, so I want you to imagine Professor Snape wear your grandmother's clothes. But it's just like that, that whole, like the way that he's so gentle with these kids and the way that he like, I don't know, he just, he was I thought he was really good. So he was a really, really good addition to me. And I'm really glad we get to see a little bit more of him further along in the series. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, the third film was a huge jump just in terms of just so much, like just the tone, mm -hmm. um, just the characters, the writing, the style of it. Uh, it was so much more interesting. Um, I I just love the world building a lot more. I know mm -hmm. that, it, it does come off the back of obviously world building it's already been done but i just love just love so much about it and just the eeriness the mystery just, mm -hmm. i don't know just so much about it i really loved um i love the fact that we get more on harry and his family and his backstory mm -hmm. you know i know you know serious black you know being harry's godfather and, and it really showed to me actually one of the things i think if there was a point to this movie it was just harry and family like because mm -hmm. you know there was um 
the scene where they were going to the village and Harry doesn't have, can't go because he hasn't got a letter because yeah. he's got no, no family. I mean, he has got family, but his family don't care about it. Yeah. And, <clears> and actually, like, again, when he meets up with Sirius, he's like, oh, you know, can I, he's like desperate to go home with Sirius. He's like, can I, can I stay with you now? But Sirius, mm-hmm. obviously, we know that's never going to happen. Sirius, obviously, towards the end of the film, says, no, Harry, you know, I can't take you. But mm-hmm. realistically, Sirius would have taken him. But obviously, that would have I been... I mean, but like, he's a fugitive, uh, so... <laughs> well, no... You know, they, they would have, yeah, but they, I, um, I know, but they would have probably found a way of, mm-hmm. realistically, somebody would have found a way for Harry to not go back to those horrible Dursleys. You know? Yeah. But obviously, that, that's the point is that he has to go to the Dursleys because they're like one of his foil. You know, that's Harry's yeah. foil. Like, mm-hmm. well, his foil is obviously Voldemort, but his day to day foil is the Dursleys. Yeah. And, um, but it's just how much Harry just craves family. And, yeah. um, to the point where what happens is really Harry just starts to build his own through Hermione and and um, found uh, families. I love the we, concept uh, of found yeah. families. Well, yeah. yeah, and that's kind of basically he starts to build his own family and mm-hmm. he kind of gets attached to um, obviously Ron and Ron's family and and obviously as the books go on, books and films go on, obviously with Ginny and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you know, it's very much for me. It was just about Harry, just how desperate he, desperate, like understandably desperate that he wants a family. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, I just I really loved this. I think it was much more of an improvement on both the first two movies. Yeah. The style, the style, I was really in love with. Um, oh yeah. So, and I just I loved um, that end scene, like where Lupin and um, Snape and and obviously the the reveal about mm-hmm. the rat. I thought that was a really cool twist. Like, yeah. and you wouldn't even think that the rat that had been mentioned so many times throughout the the movie actually turned out to be. Yeah, yeah, because this is the first movie where we learn about what an animagus is. I mean, well, that's not true because McGonagall is an animagus. Um, but it's other than McGonagall, this is like the first time we actually see that. And I yeah. thought it was interesting. They don't really explain it in this movie. They explain it in the book, but like. Um, Lupin and Lupin, Sirius, uh, James Potter, and then Peter Pettigrew were all best friends. And, but Lupin's always been a werewolf. And so Sirius, James, and Peter learned how to be animagus so that they could feel like make Lupin feel like he wasn't so alone. Um, And I thought that was a really cool way to show that they used to be like really tight best friends. Um, which is what makes it so much more tragic that Pettigrew, you know, turned and like got Harry or got James killed by Voldemort. Yeah, yeah. So do you have a favorite character? Yes. In this film, my favorite character is Hermione. Yeah. I love it. I love her. Like she gets her little, she's got a little attitude in this one and I really liked it. Um, She's, she's back to being like the know-it-all but she has her secret way of getting to all of these different classes but one of the things i really liked with what they did with hermione in this one is we finally found something that she's not good at and she's not good at divination at all like her and professor trelawney don't get along she doesn't understand the concepts of divination because it's not really backed by any kind of like science that you can prove what you're learning and so I think it's really interesting that Hermione has such a hard time with it. But one of my um, one of my favorite Hermione scenes is when Trelawney is just like, my dear, ever since you walked into my classroom, like I knew you didn't have the gift of sight. And Hermione gets pissed off and like throws her little crystal ball all the way across the room and like storms out. And I was like, 
yep, there's some teenage hormones right there. But I just, I love Hermione and I love her arc in this film. No, I, I think, you know, I was, I loved all of Hermione in this movie. And I love the fact that actually sort of the second half of the movie is actually Harry and Hermione rather mm-hmm. than Harry. And well, the last film I just felt was like, 89% Harry Ron mm-hmm. and whilst Ron had a good chunk of this movie I love the fact that Ron actually can't see sort of the second half on it it's Hermione and and Harry and Hermione's mm-hmm. really instrumental to actually getting the whole film sort of tied up and yeah really she led the way she led the way for Harry a lot of yeah, this movie like, of I think you know and even encouraging Harry at the end to stand up and sort of save yeah. himself and um and save Sirius and yeah but she like, was like so gentle though like she she didn't like scream at him or yell at him or anything she was just like no one else is coming I mean you're gonna have to figure this out Harry because no one else is coming yeah uh, and um but no, I thought she was really good. I really liked, and um, I love the, what I liked was the mystery. Again, it's like these films juggle multiple plots really well. Mm-hmm. And the little plot of her constantly showing up in lessons. Yes. Whilst, whilst you don't think it's necessarily important in the beginning, it's, yeah, kind, yeah. Of an, it's kind of like an annoying thing that happens. Yeah. You, you clearly think that, oh, that you'll, you'll find this out later, what, what this is about. But actually, you don't realize actually it's actually really big. It's a yeah. really big thing. It's like, and it's really instrumental to actually the movie being sort of resolved. Yeah. Uh, that, that she actually's got some sort of time travel magic necklace. It's a thing. time turner. Yeah, time turner. Yeah, I thought maybe. Like, <laughs> so anyway, come on, get on your magical items, Mark. I know. I know. Um, for me, I was really close to picking Hermione. Um, but I, I Lupin for me, I, I liked. He's my second favorite. I, I liked him for many reasons. One, that it was a new, new teacher that was introduced mm-hmm. who wasn't a, wasn't a waste of space, wasn't yeah. a villain. Um, you know, it wasn't anyone that really was an obstacle to the teachers, that's yeah. it, to the kids, to the kids. Like, mm-hmm. and it wasn't somebody who had some either a link to Voldemort in a in a villainy way or. Well, you know, just wasn't a selfish person. Actually, mm-hmm. came there with the idea of helping Harry, and actually has a relationship, had a relationship with Harry's parents, yeah, um, and had his own pain and backstory as well. So he had like an interesting backstory, interesting um, way he carried himself, and yeah. I, I think Lupin really was great. And yeah. so there's an air of mystery around Lupin, but you can see. I think even before the reveal, you can kind of see that Lupin is a genuinely nice guy, yeah. um, but he's sort of firm but fair. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's probably about the best thing for the best way of describing Lupin. It's like he's got this firm affairs sort of attitude. Yeah. Um, and like when he tells off Harry about the map, like yeah. although he, he stands up for Harry, the moment like he's doing one his own, he then tells him off saying you should have handled it straight away. Yeah. So it's like he's happy to train Harry, like and be his friend, but equally it's like, well, you know, I'm a teacher. Like, right. you know, so you shouldn't have this big of an advantage over everyone yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, I liked a lot about Lupin. I think it was cool. And yeah. I love the transformation of him into a werewolf, which yeah. I loved how they built that up. It was quite obvious when Sirius took over the class. Uh they suddenly Severus. the trait. So, sorry, yeah, sorry, Sirius. Yeah. Sirius. And uh, you know, I'm like names. And um, so when he took over the class and immediately changed the lesson plan to what yeah. werewolves. Page and 394. That- and like Hawaii's like, oh, we're on page 20, like, you know, yeah. and uh, he's like, no, I'm going to teach this. And, and he clearly was teaching it deliberately because he yeah. wanted them to know what the teacher was, yeah. or more likely, so the audience would know. And, yeah. um, but no, I thought that was just really cool. Yeah, anyway, I love Lupin. So, uh, yes. right. Nicely put a minute ago, favorite magical items of this movie. Did you have one? 
Yes, I did, which I accidentally revealed in our previous episode because I got my movies mixed up. Uh, but my favorite magical item in this film is definitely Messrs. Mooney, Wormtail, Petfoot, and Prongs Marauder's Map. It was so cool. I was going to go with the bus. Like... Oh, the night bus. You know, they yeah. actually built a real bus that could drive around London for that scene? I was... I did not know that, but one of the things I did think when I watched it was how how could anyone sleep on any of those beds in the background? I know, right? <laughs> not with Ernie driving. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to go with the time turner. That was my favourite. Yeah, the time turner if was you a had, good one. If you had a time turner, oh my god, the amount of times you could read if you could redo the day, like yeah. uh, if you could redo any of the day. Yeah. Like, so uh, there's so much stuff you'd redo. The time um, turner, or to be in two places at once. Yes. I honestly, though, I was such a nerd when I was in school, I probably would have done exactly what Hermione had done, and I would have used it to take more classes. <laughs> um, yeah, I would have get the lottery numbers. Wouldn't have to do, <laughs> have to do classes. So, uh, but no, the time turner would come in handy for many uh, oh, yeah. occasions. So, I, I think everybody on the planet would would take the time turner. Oh, like if that could be real, they'd take that over anything else from yeah, these definitely. things. Yeah. Um, so jumping into the structure of the movie, I, I always talk about this, like for me, the structure, I, I love the structure of this film, of all these films, really. I love the fact that we've got this whole, it's not set over like a day or two days or, or yeah, week. you know, I love year, the fact yeah. that it's a school year and I love the fact that it's very formula driven. I know that, like, I love that. And actually yeah, it's formula like, driven, but it's different every single time. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. That. like, um, uh, it, it's interesting enough that we don't mind the formula. Yeah. So it's not like watching um, CSI. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I love, you know, it's, it's the same that it always begins with Harry and, mm. uh, and the Dursleys, et cetera. And then we've got the, the pre-school trip thing yep. to the Weasleys or Diagon Alley, or maybe they go to some big field festival that's in one of the films. Or, you know, with yeah. this, we have the night bus or like, you know, like there's yeah. always something pre pre that then we've got mm-hmm. the train um and then we've got obviously the school year and then the school year is broken up and you get to see that throughout and again mm-hmm. we've got <clears throat> we've got winter and stuff like that so i always love the structure of this and i love the fact that in this movie as well that they got to leave the school and go to the local town yeah <coughs> which I, thought, I thought that was pretty cool as well um yeah. but i think the way they handle multiple plot lines and then kind of ticking them off like so that it's satisfying for the audience at the end is really good. Like, mm. I I love I love how they slowly t- sort of tease things, whatever, and then tie up most of it at the end of this film. Mm-hmm. But also they every film slash book is kind of used to set up the next one. Of course. But yeah. they but they don't do it in oh, I've talked about this before, we've both broke about this, like you know, Tom Cruise's money film. They're not done in a ridiculous sense they're done yes. in a way in which they're trying to tell an overall complete story and enough for you to feel satisfied that it's ended right but they also set up a they, they sort of set it up a little bit for further world building but they set it up satisfied. for you to get the payoff on purpose like yeah, yeah like there's the scene um on the bridge between harry and lupin where lupin is telling harry about his parents um and that what that conversation was not in the books so they, they put that in the film and it alludes pretty much to almost to Lily and Snape's relationship, which we get into, I think, in the not until the seventh book, uh, seventh film. Um, OK, did you have any favorite scenes at all? Favorite scenes. 
I mean, this one behind me is pretty one of my favorites. It's so... I literally, as I'd say, I loved when Harmony walked up to um, yeah. uh, what's his face, uh, Draco, oh, Draco, and that uh, like so, yeah. just how foul, loathsome, evil little cockroach. And yes. she punched it. I just yeah. thought that she just punched it. Was, that was that originally is... written to be a slap, and then they changed it to a punch. I think she did really well. That is actually one of my favorite scenes. She yeah. really stood up to him. Yeah. So I although I think one of my like my favorite sequence is when we finally when they when they go back in time and then we redo the day, but with them as on the back end, like when they say Buckbeak and all that stuff. Like oh, I yeah, really yeah. like that entire sequence, but but them having gone back in time. So following just Hermione and Harry versus when they did it the first time with Ron there too. Yeah, me too. I, I actually liked the time travel reveal. I thought that was mm-hmm. pretty cool when Dumbledore leaves and then they yeah. turn, did a time turner. And I love it as they walk back in and then Dumbledore's like, they say to Dumbledore, what's happened? And he's like, what's, what's happened? So yeah. he walks away. Yeah. Like, basically, he's like, I don't want to know. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it's kind of like the green light. Plausible deniability. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, giving them the green light to go do it, but yeah. I don't want to know. Three turns should so, do it. Yeah. 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 So, um, anyway. Uh, what would you would you rate this movie out of uh, out of ten? Oh man, it's my favorite. So like, it's hard to not be completely biased, but like, I really want to give this one like an eight and a half. You know, I would probably go around eight, eight and a half. Like, yeah. The last two I've given a six. Yeah, and I would de- yeah, I would say eight and a half for me. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I just I love it. I, I really appreciate it, the change in tone. It's really mm-hmm. apparent that they have been aged up a bit. Um, I mean, I mean, they're still progressing through school, but like they feel a bit older. Uh, everybody kind of has like come into like their teenage bodies. So there's no more like little children anymore. Um, so I think I don't know. I think like everything is finally clicking on all cylinders. Like it, it feels like this is the film where the entire series hits its stride. Yeah, I, I, I would go eight and a half. I think it's a really good step up from the last two. Um, I think that other than Harry's rubbish crying scene, a lot of the acting is far superior to the previous two movies from the children. Um, Do you mean when he is crying at Hogsmeade Village and he's like, yeah. he was their friend! Well, yeah, he didn't have a single <laughs> tear on his face. I was like, what is going on? Uh, Daniel Radcliffe obviously does improve his acting skills as he gets older, but in this movie, not so much. So, uh, uh, anyway, uh, right, okay, yeah. So, we'll just sort of wrap this episode up and just, yeah. So, our next episode, we're going to continue our run towards a 100th episode. We're going to try a wizard tournament. Isn't that nice? Yes. Yeah, so nice. we're going to review the fourth Harry Potter movie. So just stick with us. And you can follow us on all the social medias. We're Geeks and Nation everywhere Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere. So please leave us a five star review and tell your geeky friends. And have a good week. Good journey. Good journey, indeed. Mm-hmm.